wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Welcome to A Quirky Journey. This is your host, Fuad Kassab, and with me, as usual, the most amazing human being on the planet that I've ever <laughs> met in my life. This history has ever witnessed. Like it's what just, do you want? Can't be, oh. <laughs> I can't be nice to you anymore, Joe Witten. You can be nice, but I'm suspicious when you say I'm the nicest human being on the planet. Um, I don't know. I try to be nice to you knowing that like next week I'm going to go up and see you. So <laughs> Yeah, you've got to be nice. Yeah, I gotta be nice. You're hoping I bring macadamias. Macadamias, yep. um, Just didn't want to mention them too early on the podcast, but I. Yeah. Well, you're lucky that I cleaned out my freezer and found I had a gigantic stash of macadamias that I didn't realize was there because every time I do a bulk order, I seem to think that I'm out of macadamias and I buy more. So I will bring. Keep doing it because (laughs) I. I like your amnesia sometimes, not all the time. <laughs> yeah, sometimes but, it gets annoying, yeah, but not but, when it comes. What if I forget to bring them though? Then you won't like my amnesia. You never forget to bring food on an airplane. That yeah. is one lesson that I've learned. And I've actually, I've picked up some good habits from you. I now go prepared <laughs> as well. I take a bag of nuts with me on the airplane. And, Avocado. Um, yeah, oh, no, I haven't graduated yet. But, oh, yeah. And a spoon. I've got to do something oh, about my really? big trip. It's going to be the biggest trip I've done in years. You know what? It's funny you should mention that because I was thinking it would be good to do a blog post on travel food. Let's do um, it. Yeah. All right. Well, I have to get up to speed with it because I usually like fast on an airplane. So. Oh, oh I don't. No, no. <laughs> some, but, you know, long trip. I'm... For the listeners' sake, um, I am going on a trip to Singapore and to Lebanon. So I was going to Lebanon to visit my family and uh, also promote the book there. And um, I thought I'd drop by Singapore because we have a contact with Thermomix Singapore. They bought some of the books uh, from us and they're really lovely people. So we contacted them really last minute and they got super excited and they want me to come and do a few cooking classes there. So I'll be going to Singapore uh, and to Lebanon. We've got a few cooking classes in Singapore that I've scheduled in and um, I'll put those up on the Quirky Cooking website. And if you go to quirkycooking.com.au to the events link, you'll be able to see the dates there, but they are in mid-September. The dates are not final. The venue is not final yet. So keep an eye on the website and you'll know what's going on. Um, we also have an event coming up in Perth. We have four events, two of which have sold out. Woohoo! Woo. Joe Witten. And uh, <laughs> Is that what you're doing the woohoo for me? Yeah, that's um, what have I'm I got indoctrinated. to say if you do the woohoos? Eek! Yay! Yay! Eek! There's plenty. You have a, a, right. a lexicon of uh, excited words. Ex- yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah um, if you are in Jindalup or in the area around Jindalup or not even in the area around Jindalup but like you know you have time to travel there are take a drive 
because we've had people come like three and a half, four hours to some yeah. of our seminars and they've made a day of it and they've traveled to Excellent Melbourne, for instance. Yeah, it's, it's good fun. <laughs> and um, you can come and spend the whole day with us, go out for lunch and, you know, oh. we can just chat and see how you guys are going if we have time. <laughs> we, yeah. but, we, but we won't, so... If we're not asleep somewhere. Yeah, because um, we've got six events. Joe's got two Thermomix events in between the four that we've got um, for ourselves. So and then sort of three things, three things on that day. Yeah. And then we've got the two seminars on each day either side. So, yes. I'll give you the, the, uh, the brief here. Uh, Perth, Jundalup at 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. We've got plenty of tickets left. And um, then the PM session on the 6th of September, 7 PM to 10 PM, we only have a handful left. So um, if you want to come in the evening, be quick and otherwise come in. The you know, last option is the, the morning session. And we don't know when we're going to be back in Perth again. So here's your chance. Mm. Come and see us and bring your friends, bring your partners, especially if you, the men in your life aren't being helpful. Um, I'm going to take a short break to let, allow Joe to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good now. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. So um, this is what's going on in Perth. Come, please come and see us. It's, it's an awesome event. You get to um, see us in action. We'll do a lot of cooking demos, but we'll also cover a lot of these uh, topics that you have questions about when transitioning to, into a whole food diet. and you love it. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it lot of fun. a lot of fun. We get a lot of people coming back to us and saying how much they enjoyed it and how much they thought it was uh, educational and fun. And we know how hard it is for you to take time away from your family and to uh, get a bit of a breather in your life. And this is going to be time well spent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we give you chocolate as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> and kombucha. Yes. Yeah, so that everything, be. everything that you need, it's all there. It's Nuts, all there. <laughs> so, um, and if you can't make it, I'm not gonna be upset with you. It's all right. But just letting you know that we're there, and we'd love to see. He's, he's gonna cry himself to sleep. Ah, Joe, uh, we're what? also at the Gluten Free Expo in Melbourne. Well, you are. Well, I'm yeah. uh, in the Lebanese countryside picking uh, olives. Zatar. Yeah, zatar as well. That. How you say Z- that? Zatar, yeah. Zatar. Yeah, the it. two A's are on the first part of the word. First, Zatar. Okay, yeah. Zatar. Yeah. I'll try and remember. Anyway, I'll be at the Gluten-Free Expo in Melbourne. So if any of you are going to that, pop by and say hello. Um, I'll have Emma there, who a lot of you have met online as she answers questions for us. And Talisha, our good friend, um, who has the little mashies. She's going to be there helping with the stall as well and it'll be lots of fun. Actually, that's I'll be there on the 8th and the others will be there looking after the stall for me on the 9th because I'll be busy teaching <coughs> seminars. <laughs> what are you laughing? Where were we? Before that you pause. me sneezing by Chopin. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't record that, did you? Yeah, I did. I did. You didn't. Yeah, but we have to edit this out. Oh, maybe not. All right, keep going. <laughs> You're so weird. Well, what did I say before you pause? Gluten-free expo. Uh, Emma's there. I'll be there on the eight. We can love. She's amazing. <laughs> and 
and Talisha. Talisha. And um, I I won't be there on the ninth though because I've got a um, I've got two classes for thermomics in Melbourne, which are already sold out. Sorry if you've missed out. But I'm sure Fuad and I will be back in Melbourne. Should I say hopefully December? No. Okay, I won't. Say oh that. yes, yeah, yeah, the wedding. Yeah, we're going to a wedding early December, so we're hoping we'll fit in a class or two. Well, like I that. haven't received my formal invitation from. Well, neither have I. Oh. But you were invited vocally, and so was I. Yeah, I was, and I yeah. take his word for it. Yeah. And you know, we already well, met India. the mom, mother-in-law, and she That's was super right. nice, and she's like, "Oh, you got so like, that." Yeah, I expect an invitation. Oh, that means I have to buy a present. You do. Or I've got to think about this. Offline, maybe I'll think it, but for now. If uh, anyone has any great ideas for wedding presents, just let us know. I'm so bad at this. I also need presents for my uh, niece, my nephew, my sister, my mom and dad. Oh, to take to Lebanon. To take to Lebanon with me. I don't know. I wish I could just buy Japanese knives for everyone and then just get it over and done with. But my little niece is not at that age where she's cooking, but maybe that will (laughs) kind of make her feel like, you know, she should. Because you know what happened? Like, I'll tell you what happened at my okay, family home. Um, I, uh, I got a sample from Solid Technics for one of their frying pans, the smaller skillet, because I was yeah. like, oh, you know, I'd like to try that out. And they yeah. sent one to me. Yeah. And uh, Sarah, my daughter, came in one day and she was crying. And she was like, oh, I don't know about what. You know, seven-year-olds, they cry about stuff. And... I'm terrible because like I should sort of be educating a child about how to deal with their complex emotions and stuff like that and have to, you know, it's okay to feel sad, but you don't have to cry and all. I I know all the theory, but sometimes I just have to get on with life and work. So I'm like, Hey, I've got something for you. And I, I gave her the sort of techniques frying pan. I said, this is going to be your frying pan. Like, you know, I got this for you because I want you to grow up to be an excellent cook and to you're already showing promise you can fry your own eggs at seven. This is a big deal. She can, you know. Yeah, she can. Really I've awesome. seen it. So um, anyway, she got really excited about it. She's like super, super oh. excited about, the, about this frying pan. And she won't even let me season it because she likes the golden color that it has. I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's not even usable now. And she's like, but this is my frying pan. Like maybe one day I'll season it, but I'm not ready for it to go black yet. And I'm like, but it's that's oh, the best thing. <laughs> like it's, that's when it really becomes non-stick. You can't cook on it now, and yeah. So it was just like a. Well, it's a good learning opportunity for her. Yeah, but you know, I got her super excited. I'm thinking, see, the cookware really makes everyone happy. I yeah. Think. Well, I think so, and I have done the same thing with Isaac before, giving him a small frying pan, and yeah, he was so happy. He used it every morning for his eggs. Beautiful. So, yeah. Well, there you go, guys. That's a good time to talk about solid techniques. Yes. Yes. So um, this show is sponsored by Solid Techniques (laughs) and they are uh, an incredible Australian company that makes incredible cookware. Um, They really, we've been talking about them for a long time. We never get sick of it. We always travel with Solid Techniques fans to show all the fans and this is when the room goes, because we usually always have, well, so far we've always had a Solid Techniques fan to give away. And, um, I, I've asked them to start giving us the, uh, the 26 centimeter skillet, which is the one that I really, really love and uh, use all the time. Lightweight. For those of you who are moving away from all these pans are definitely coated 
um, mm. and trying to make sure that you, you know, cookware doesn't poison you. Like look, mm-hmm. look where we've gotten to now that our cookware yeah. poisons us. Um, so solid techniques is what Joe and I use at home and we've been using it for a long time before they became our sponsor. We actually approached them so that they can become our sponsor because we love them so much. And um, they produce, you know, a a revolution in cooking pans that is based on a really well-tested and proven technique of cooking on cast iron. But what they've done is they've got the cast iron range Mm. and Joe's got a a big skillet, which he loves. It's cast iron and it's amazing for heat distribution and it's really, really um, well-seasoned. So well-seasoned now. I love it. You cook your eggs on it. Yeah, 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 and they slide off the top. But also, yeah. what's really interesting is that they have this formed iron product, which is much more lightweight than cast iron. And my wife, who really complains, for instance, all the time about how heavy cast iron is, and she's forcing me to only use my cast iron cookware outside on my wok burner. <laughs> she uses the yeah, like she's like it's gonna break the glass or something. You know, she gets worried about that. But she's funny, and I'm like, I don't wanna you know, worry her about it. So, so I'm use like, it out on the, I use yeah. it outside. On, yeah. And it's actually a nice place for me to cook anyway, but yeah, the formed iron, um, is, is got all the benefits of cast iron, but much more lightweight. So mm. it doesn't, you know, feel as heavy. And I know a lot of you out there, you haven't been eating whole foods for long enough to feel really strong yet. And on the beginning of your journey, you might need the lighter cookware. <laughs> 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 so give that a shot the the 26 centimeter uh formed iron skillet that's beautiful awesome yeah and so uh, we, we, have, we have a 10 percent discount both. for that um yes. so go to quirkycooking.com.au slash solid and um you'll be redirected to our affiliate site for your organico and uh you can use the coupon code code 10 qcp for quirky cooking podcast with the number 10 in front, 10 QCP, and you get 10%. I always 10%. thought the piece was uh, She left it up for an interpretation, I guess, and this will be an ongoing mystery for the rest of our <laughs> lives to know what the piece stands Pens, for. podcast, yeah. whatever you like. People. People. Yeah. So, Double. yeah. So, go there, 10 QCP, get 10% off. And also, Joe, do you want to talk about Walida? Sure. So, Walida is our other podcast sponsor. And if you've listened to any of our last podcasts, you would have um, heard Liesl Barnard, their um, naturopath, talking about eczema. That was a really, actually, that was a really popular podcast, wasn't it, Fouad? Yeah. Um, A lot of people wanting to know how to deal with skin irritations and eczema and things like that. So Liesl talked about um, both the causes of eczema and also ways to deal with it and um, as those of you with eczema know, um, that includes moisturising. So we we are really um, passionate about not only what we put into our bodies but what we put on our bodies because it's all food. Uh, and so we really love the Lolita products because they're completely safe and non-toxic and uh, beautiful, beautiful products. Um, what are they, plant botanicals, I think it's called? Is that right? Yeah, no, so they use mostly plant uh, active components in plants and they mm. harvest them at the right time of the year not only the year or month but also the, the right time of day because like you know for instance when you go to harvest a flower or to like you walk past say a jasmine and mm. you can only smell it 
at a certain time of day, like towards the evening. Evening. And um, this is what they do. So they, they will harvest the plant just when it's perfect for harvest. So, yeah. Um, Beautiful yeah. products, gigantic range, been around for like nearly 100 years. Just um, And you know that you can just pick a product and it's going to be beautiful and safe. Yeah. So it's not a case of having to like agonize over the ingredients, figuring out whether it's okay or not. Um, so yeah, it's we really love these products. To have a look. What's your um, what's suited for your skin? Yeah, what yeah. Works for you. and I, I love them all. I've just been using yeah. everything. I'm so lucky that I get samples for all this stuff, and you know, <laughs> the samples get sent to Vlad's house for the classes, oh, the seminars. We we have um, we we have samples that we give out, and I'm sure Vlad's getting into them. <laughs> well. Maybe. I need to make sure that you know that, <laughs> <laughs> that our listeners will like. Them. Which is why but, we don't have samples of macadamias because if no, they got sent forward, they disappear. Well, we had some pecans sent to, over to us from a from. That's true. We did. Where where was it from? Do you remember? The big pecan. The big pecan. Is that, is that the name? It was a biodynamic, organic pecan farm. Beautiful pecans mm, as well. Beautiful. So these are uh, Australian grown pecans and. Mm. Yeah, they, they also sell the pecan shells for smoking and things like that. Oh, well, do so they? Good. Yeah, I think so. I That's what that. I saw on the website. So maybe we'll put a link for these guys because they sent us a little delicious thing. Yeah. Little thing we didn't finish saying that if you want to save money on the leader, yeah. there is a code for that also. So if you go to, I think it's just to their side, isn't it? Yeah, we'll leave the com that you and use the coupon code Quirky Journey. You get... Um, 10% off your order and you also get uh, free shipping if you spend more than $90 with your $90, order. $90, yeah. Yeah, so uh, they already have a coupon code on their website which is, um, I think, for 10% off. But use ours uh, instead because, first of all, you'll be able to use ours over and over again, not just for the first order. Yeah. And also, we get a small percentage of the sale which helps us um, when you you know listen to this podcast, it helps us keep this podcast freely available to you. And um, yep. we thank you for your help in advance and support. So yeah. we lead you quirky journey. We'll put the links and the coupon codes in the show notes. Joe, we've got a, a great podcast today about a topic we haven't covered before, and it yeah. is yeah, holistic dentistry, been... chronic pain. Oh, go on. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say something. I've been wanting to get someone to interview on this subject for a long time i'm so glad that we did so um, holistic dentistry yes yeah so um you're going to really enjoy today's show so these are from uh, local dentists who live in the sydney uh, area um they have a practice in meadowbank and um they are all into things like Western A price and uh, gut health. And um, they tie it really neatly to um, the philosophy of whole foods that we talk about. And they deal with issues that are not things that we often think about because usually our intervention, Joe and I, is always with food. We always talk about food, 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 and what you do. And then there's also the peripheral stuff around that, like the lifestyle stuff. But also, they gave us a different perspective today, uh, which was around how the mechanics of the, the human face, for instance, play a, uh, a big part of your health. And for instance, a, something that they talked about was 
how um, mouth breathing affects your microbiome, which I found really interesting. And um, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's full of information that is generally new to you as a listener here. If if you just been listening to our podcast, these are topics that we haven't covered before, so you find it really exciting and a lot to think about. Um, and they've given some uh, good practical um, advice to uh, for you to be able to take next steps if you want to look at uh, things that might be relevant to you here. So uh, we find that uh, I think a lot of our listeners will resonate with what they're saying to an extent and they will want to investigate this a little bit more. Um, just really excited for you guys to listen to this podcast and for you to give us your feedback. And I think there's a lot of stuff that we want to cover in the future. So we're lucky that we yeah. found some people that can talk about these topics well, and we will do that further and further with them. So if you've got questions, shoot them over to help at cooking.com.au and we'll include them within the next podcast. Yes, Joe. I did get some questions on <laughs> in the groups. Um, apps group and in the gut health program group if anyone had questions and we did answer the ones we could but we ran out of time so we'll do another podcast when we can and we'll probably have more questions after you've listened to this podcast anyway so if you have any questions feel free to email us at help at quirkycooking.com.au and we will keep your questions for the next podcast if we don't um, have the answers for you beautiful all right, so uh, on to the podcast. Uh, enjoy, and uh, we'll chat to you guys soon. Hello, and welcome to A Quirky Journey. I have my awesome co-host here with me, Fuad. Hi, Fuad. Hey, Joe. <laughs> and we have this week um, Lewis and Susan Chan, who are holistic dentists in Sydney. How are you going, guys? Very good. Great. Good morning. Good, good morning. morning. <laughs> How's the weather in Sydney today? Well, a little. It's uh, cleared up a bit. It was raining quite heavily overnight, but beautiful now. Oh, that's good. Um, we're looking forward to picking your brains about all things holistic dentist dentistry. I guess that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> I have a zillion questions, and I'm sure Fulhard does too. Um, so. This is scary. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we have a lot of fun, don't we, Floyd? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is something that, um, a concept for me that uh, came up a few years ago. I wasn't even aware of uh, anything called holistic dentistry, but then I started coming across the work of Weston A. Price um, in, in his book, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. And um, then eventually... Um, after going down that rabbit hole, I got really freaked out about what it is that uh, is going on inside my own mouth, mouth uh, all the years that I've um, taken these, uh, you know, crazy dental approaches to my own dental health. And I went and saw a holistic dentist and um, created some change, which I want to talk to uh, you guys about today. But before we get into it, maybe you can give us a little bit of background about yourself and your practice and how you got, got into doing what you do. Um, I guess what made me start in the interest in chronic pain is because of my dad. When I was in dental school, he um, started getting trigeminal neuralgia. So it's a very severe pain on the face. Um, 
So the treatment usually is to cut the nerve, um, and that would result in um, kind of a drip, a drippy phase. So it's always my interest to look into how this develop, how we can help those people. Um, so after graduation, I've done many, many courses. Um, eventually, we found a mentor that able to help us actually to treat this patient and understand um, what actually caused trigeminal neuralgia and um, the type of treatment. And uh, during that time, of not just trigeminal neuralgia, it's uh, um, chronic pain issue and sleep problems as well. Yeah, so for ourselves, Lewis and I, we actually um, had our own general dental practice for a number of years. And we did the, yeah, just general dentistry, checkup, cleans, fillings, all the normal things. So um, doing all this extra study has helped us, it just opened up our eyes because in dental school, you're sort of taught to um, see, I guess, a whole decay, fill it up, educate patients on oral hygiene. Um, look at periodontal disease and gingivitis and give oral hygiene instructions, that sort of thing, and and say things like, look, maybe avoid acidic foods, that sort of thing. Um, with, uh, so um, what we've learned now is we, our practice has completely shifted, and that's why we've got the TMJ Sleep Therapy Centre. We actually try to now look at the origin of symptoms in the mouth. So the mouth when we look at the mouth, it's just one big part of, a, of, of clues, a number of clues that help us find out what's the actual source, you know, where's all this starting from? So we don't just look at the mouth, we look at the whole face, head and neck as well. And um, Lewis has a way of testing um, patients in this region as well. So it's really important to take a very comprehensive history and we start from there. So how does sleep relate to teeth? A lot. Um, so there's a lot of things that can affect sleep. Um, for example, if someone come in for insomnia, uh, a lot of times it's due to stimulation of the sympathetic system, which is the fight or flight. Um, so that would kind of stop you from getting to sleep. Um, other things that can affect sleep is the gut microbiome. If the gut is not healthy, um, that would affect it as well. But then we need to look at what causes what. Um, like, is it a structural problem causing the gut not working, or um, it's actually diet, or it's both? Um, so we would need to see and kind of investigate what the cause is. Um, not breathing well can change the microbiome in the mouth and also change the microbiome in as well. So um, what kind of issues do you usually see that uh, are in the mouth that are affecting breathing that eventually result in the change of the microbiome in the mouth? Um, so a lot of times um, it's kind of kids. So when kids come in, um, depends on the birth history. If, for example, if someone come in, um, is 
going for C-session. Um, so um, they didn't get the microbiome from mum. And then the use of antibiotics, um, or sometimes maybe not able to breastfeed um, properly um, for a year, can change the microbiome. But then we look at what makes them not able to breastfeed as well. So um, a lot of kids can be lip tie or tongue tie. So then because of the lip tie and tongue tie, it causes not only breastfeeding problems, it's the facial growth as well. If the is not growing properly, it affects the growth of the face, the nose, and the jaw, the lower jaw as well. Um, and then eventually they would develop into an adult with chronic pain or sleep apnea. Um, so that's what we look at on kids. Um, of course, when an adult comes in, um, the process would be still similar. We look at what the actual cause is, but because um, with adults, we cannot change as much as kids. Um, we kind of just have to manage as much as we can. A lot of times we do need to work with other doctors um, like ENT, integrated um, doctors, um, nutritionists. Chiropractors so, and osteopaths yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, that sort of like, uh, hits a count and then Plus. put her um, in an incubator. I've lost just, you there. Am I still there? Hello, um, hello. Yeah, just start uh, that I... bit again, and I'll get it to cut out. I'll cut that bit out. Which, okay. Um, just your answer. Can I start? Yeah, can you hear comment. me now? If I yeah, talk, if I... go. Okay. So uh, that that kind of uh, touched a, a nerve for me because my second daughter Sophie, she was born uh, through a natural birth, but she was given antibiotics at birth. Um, and um, that was because of uh, low oxygen that she had. Like there was some problem with her breathing in her nose. And um, she got antibiotics during that period of time because they were worried that she was going to have some kind of infection. And um, this has resulted in things like uh, poor sleep for her, mouth breathing and um, eczema that she, she's dealing with. And we we're sort of trying to help her out with the diet approach and using skincare products on her. But uh, I still notice that her breathing isn't correct through her nose, that she still struggles to breathe through her nose like I do. I have a deviated septum uh, and I had a failed surgery for it. Um, but, um, yeah, she's she's mouth breathing all the time. And um, so I was saying that because she's mouth breathing, that this will actually affect the development of her face. Yes. So how, how old is she now? Uh, she's for for almost five years old. She'll be five in December. Okay. How long was she breastfed for? Um, one and a half years. Okay. Do you need any supplements during that time? I mean, um, like formulas or no? No. So, yeah. No. She she's been on like intense whole food diet since birth, and um, she's just like she's always really really eating extremely well. Um, yeah. But. Um, yeah, she still struggles with the breathing and the eczema. Was the breast during breastfeeding? Does it take long to breastfeed? Or um, or like, or? Well, I'm I'm not sure. I, I can't answer that 
because I don't really know how long it, it should take. Uh, but but I remember, yeah, she was constantly breastfeeding. Like it's not, it, it, she was stuck to my wife for a long time. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, there's a chance that she actually have lip tie tongue tie. So what happened is if she have prolonged, she, she needs prolonged breastfeeding, it means she's not using the tongue or the lip properly to suck. So there's a high chance to actually have those issues. And um, because of that, it can affect the, the, the breathing, the facial development. Um, so that's what we look at. So apart from structural issues, we look at diet and all that. But a lot of times, some people come to us, they're already on a very good diet. Um, and they still have problems. And then when we check what structural issues they have, like um, some obstruction in the nose, um, maybe the facial development wasn't good, the airway is small, sometimes the jaw joint is too compressed. Um, we even have patient coming in when we check, it's actually a foot problem and we have to refer to a podiatrist or a chiropractor or osteopath. Wow. Um, to fix their foot problem, to help them to sleep, because it's the neurology that affect the body works. Um, because when when you stimulate the um, sympathetic system, then it makes you kind of in the flight or flight. Then um, it would affect sleep, and then if you don't sleep well, then you get more pain. And if you don't sleep and get pain, your gut microbiome changes, and then you get more pain. So it's kind of a, uh, a vicious cycle, cycle yeah. yeah. And just uh, incidentally, uh, you mentioned it was soon after giving birth that she went into the incubator as well due to possible breathing issues and then having the antibiotic delivery as well. And um, it's interesting to note that 12 weeks in utero, that's actually when – um, tongue restrictions occur um, embryologically, and you can get a high palate in the mouth forming as well. As well. So all of these things can right. start developing um, in utero. So, um, yeah, and once one thing starts, and you can have a cycle which offsets something else. So the mouth breathing, for instance, will mean that the tongue which is a very important developing muscle within the facial form, is not in the right position. And, wow. and that means that the mouth breathing um, persists, um, the microbiome changes, which affects your sleep, everything hormonal, you know, cycles, that sort of thing. So um, once you're on that bandwagon, that's when we have to try to then see you know, how can we actually decrease the inflammation that's now caused? How can we help um, get the kids to grow in a better direction with their face? How can we get them to close their lips again to be able to breathe through the nose to make the nose work again? Because it's, it's very important that um, kids, especially who are very plastic when they grow, um, and as, at a, such a young age, they grow through the they grow with their nasal breathing intact. So um, that, that changes a whole cascade of things. Okay. And that's going to try and help people because we notice a lot of people now are a little bit more open-minded to 
having better foods um, to knowing that, hey, what we eat nutritionally can change a whole host of things. But by the time they get to that realization, they have may grow, they may have grown up already with um, developmental issues that have um, you know changed the way that their faces and noses have grown as well, or the or the breathing habits. So all of those things add up. And um, yeah, we want to help people, children especially, who come to us with you know dark circles around their eyes, their mouth breathing, they're not sleeping properly, and they might be hyperactive. They may be misdiagnosed as having ADHD because they're so hyperactive just because they, they haven't been sleeping well. They've, they've been sleeping um, very lightly um, and they've been given medications that um, are used to help, help um, I guess, balance them. But um, in the end, it's, it's, the wrong, it's the wrong diagnosis. So a lot of um, kids may be misdiagnosed as having ADHD when, in fact, they just can't breathe. Mm. So, so looking at, for instance, Sophie, her her nose seemed to be blocked, and I don't want to turn this into an episode about diagnosing my daughter. I'll probably come down and see you guys separately to that. And uh, um, so, um, but I'm thinking, like, um, with with the blocked nose, that's that seemed to me to be why they, she's doing the mouth breathing. But maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm not really sure. But her nose seems to always be blocked. Um, and that's exactly so, the same with my oldest son and he's um, had work with the holistic dentist to get him to have his tongue on a, at the roof of his mouth because it wasn't, it was pushing his teeth and so he's got the crooked teeth and he's got the all of that. Right. I'm interested to hear that it affects the microbiome as well. Yeah, so that's when we do need to sometimes work with ENTs, um, ENOS and pro specialists. Um, it depends on what actually caused the blocked nose. Um, but like we, where a patient came in and um, we can see that she has enlarged tonsils and adenoid. She also has lip and tongue tie. Um, but the parents, uh, well, the reason they come is they, they know we, are, we try to do everything naturally as much as we can. Um, so they didn't want the surgery for the nose or the adenoid. Um, so at the end, they want to just have the lip tie and tongue tie release um, so that to help her to, to grow better. But um, two days after we released the lip tie and tongue tie, um, they said they thought they brought a wrong child home. Um, to stop having tantrums at night time, she wants to go to bed now. Um, and with some um, osteopath um, help, um, she's actually doing better at school and she's a bit fussy with food as well. So it is. She's less fussy now, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. She's, she's, yeah. Um, so it's amazing when we release those um, ties, um, the improve in breathing, the improve in sleep actually change the can can change the, the, the whole person. Oh incredible. Has Sophie ever been checked? Yeah something like so, so mechanical. No, she, she hasn't. Like because she latched on uh, quite well with the breastfeeding and you know she ate like so we didn't suspect anything but I, th- I think for us it was just such a that those early um, few days of being in the hospital were really difficult for us because she was born 
I think at 1 a.m. and um, we were just going through like it was really exhausting for us and we were making these decisions under exhaustion and being asked to put yeah. put her on antibiotics and told that she would die if, if we didn't and uh, you know like oh like that the chance is very small but that she might and uh, and here we are in, you know in, in the hospital making these decisions uh, and then for the next few days while we were there all we wanted to was sort of to get out of there so that we don't continue to medicate based on this kind of what we see in the medical institution, like ongoing medication paradigm. And um, so we we kind of um, have been taking a natural health route since then and never, never really suspected any kind of tongue tie or lip tie or anything like that. And one of the things that I'm always conscious of is sort of um, looking at jaw formation in my children to make sure that they are developing well. And because I supplement them with things like cod liver oil and uh, fish oil and uh, also, you know, give them a nutritionally dense diet and I keep an eye on how their teeth are developing, whether they're, they're, they've got crowded teeth or not. And mm-hmm. um, like, you know, Sophie has so much space in her jaw um and i'm you know that was sort of making me happy i'm going like she's doing all right but i'm not an expert obviously in in these topics so <laughs> i think uh i'm gonna come down to lewis and susan <laughs> and, and visit you guys and and show sophie to you and see what you guys think and maybe i can do a follow-up after that to just give the listeners a bit of an idea of what we what yeah. we saw and discovered there yeah um yeah but it's um yeah so so let's um looking at Something like lip tie and tongue tie, this is something that can persist into uh, the adult years if left unchecked? Yes. Um, so, yeah, we, we actually have some patient. Actually, this week we have a patient um, who's um, around 13 years old. Okay. She, she's a very good swimmer. Um, but the coach been finding there's some limitations. Um, for her performance, um, when she came in, we noticed unchecked um, lip tie and tongue tie, and um, and which may actually affect her facial development and also her posture. That's probably why she couldn't straighten up her spine um, due to those ties and affecting her performance. So the coach is very excited to see um, how much she can improve after treatment as well. And how old is she? Sorry? 13 uh, around 13 years old. Okay, so, so people still get, people still get um, a lot of benefit from getting the ties fixed? Oh, yeah. We, we have like a lot of adults. Really? Um, like sometimes can be just lip tie, sometimes can be tongue tie or bow. Um, but we have an adult, he, he is in his 40s. Um, he, he, got, he, he started orthodontics with us. And part of the orthodontic treatment is also to release the lip tie only because he doesn't have tongue tie. And the first night, he can already feel that he can breathe a lot better. Um, yeah, so yeah. it can apply up so, an adult. Um, I've never heard of uh, lip tie. I've heard of tongue tie, and I I thought it was that like the um the part of the tongue which connects the tongue to the bottom of the mouth 
I don't know what you call that. Like if you call that one part the roof, I guess the basement of the <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. But, uh, <laughs> but um, okay, can you explain what lip tie and tongue tie are? So um, tongue tie has definitely more research because tongue tie um, can affect speech, can affect um, facial growth a bit more. Um, so usually um, this some classification for the tongue tie from one to four, same as for lip tie. The only problem is a lot of professionals, um, including um, doctors, um, midwife and lactation consultant, um, they rely on the visual problem, but not the functional problem. Sometimes it may not visually look that bad, but functionally they actually problems. Um, and similar to lip tie, um, lip tie, we actually are two and a half years old. Um, she had lip tie when she was born. Um, at that stage, we weren't that um, kind of don't have the knowledge about lip tie as much. So we left it. Um, but the last two and a half years, she'd been restless in her sleep to um to always cry at around 10 um 11 o'clock um so just about a month ago we released her lip tie and she sleeps so much better um so what does it look like a lip tie a lip tie so usually it can um the, the most visual one is the one that um, underneath the upper lip. Um, it goes in between the two front teeth. And sometimes you can see those front teeth can't come together. Um, when you pull on the upper lip, when you press on the um, sometimes it can start make the gum turn white. So that's a more um, obvious one. But sometimes... Um, a lot of times you actually need to feel the tension there. So for a lot of listeners, the freedom is the anatomical name for that attachment or tie. And there can be varying degrees as we've just heard. So to get, to have a look at your lip, um, freedom, you just have to, I guess, use your, both your hands just to peel up your upper, upper lip. And you can have a look in, in the mirror to see what sort of tie you have as well or freedom. To be uh, to be precise, and now with some of these um, results, look, these results um, can be very different for different people depending on their uh, personal situation, what their health journey has been. So there's been some very dramatic um, results. There've been less dramatic results. So we don't want people thinking, oh well, if I get a lip or tongue tie, I'm going to be changed. <laughs> no, it also depends. Um, on the body work that they're getting as well. So we find that having uh, someone who's in alignment with what we do, like for instance, a chiropractor, um, who also on the lead up to getting the tongue or lip tie carried out and um, afterwards as well, they can help really um, get much better results. So that's why we need a good team to Mm. work. One question that I've had from listeners is how do you find a really good holistic dentist because there's been um, a couple of people say that they've been to 
so-called holistic dentist who hasn't who has done things that haven't been um, very natural, um, and yeah. they they just want to know: is there a database for finding a good holistic dentist, or is it, you know, how do you find one? Yeah, that's that's a hard one because the word <laughs> is very um, it's very qualitative, isn't it? Yeah. To yeah. It's difficult. It's the same yeah. with GAPS practitioners and all sorts of things. You know, it's um, everyone's going to be a little bit different. And it's hard. I guess personally you have to do, as a patient, you might have to do a bit of research and you have to look at the reviews. And sometimes it does mean you have to bring the practice up and, and ask, ask them some questions. questions. Yeah, that's a good idea. And when we, when we say we are holistic as a practice, um, a lot of people might immediately think, oh, okay, we don't use fluoride, we don't use this this or that. Um, fluoride, just like antibiotics, we try and we say to patients there might be certain times that it's advocated. And, yes, if it's a life and death situation, we do need antibiotics. But at least, you know, if it's been used, now we know, and for you do know that, of course, having then prebiotics and probiotics afterwards is crucial. So if we yeah. have that do, um, that we find we can't, that, that still struggle to breathe naturally after trying their best to, we have certain um, uh, sleep appliance, appliances or um, other special implements we might use to help children and adults breathe better or sleep better. If there's still structural issues that um that are going to be a big impediment to their health. Yes, they may need to see an ENT and might have to get surgery, but we are very fussy with the sort of ENT we work with. And we've got one that um, it's taken Lewis many years to find this particular one. And Lewis actually has stayed um, in the surgery room with this particular one just to see how he practices, to see how conservative his technique is. And they they meet up regularly. They have, uh, you know, so they, they talk to each other. Because not every ENT, not every body work out there is going to know everything um, that you And um, so if, if surgery is necessary, if GA is necessary to move forward, then you have to educate afterwards. Look, you're, you'll be on antibiotics. You may have to take some drugs possibly for pain. But we try to minimize that and, um, yeah, then have a really good um, probiotic afterwards. And you're yeah, having whole foods, having anti-inflammatory or deflaming um, diet, it's going to make the recovery so much better. That's crucial. So um, you have a dental clinic, or are they the one clinic, or is it uh, two separate ones? It's one clinic. Um, we have two names, so it's... Um, two websites now. Well, two, two websites and two. <laughs> okay. But it's one, one clinic. Um, is my dental care um, and the uh, chronic pain and sleep clinic is EMJ and sleep. Okay. Therapy. So the reason uh, for having them both is because you find them to be complementary to each other, the sleep and the chronic pain and the dental work. This, uh, the three overlap in terms of the way that they complement each other with treating one will help the other. Is that... Um, why you well, do it like that? Okay, we <laughs> yes, you asked a very good question, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> when we uh, first set up our first dental surgery, it was called My Dental Care, and that's how we started. We were general dentists, and um, 
as our knowledge grew, Lewis, we we actually sold that premise, uh, sold that business, um, and then we needed a bigger space to be able to incorporate um, just a setup that allowed us to treat patients holistically. That's why we still kept my dental care as our, our general dental practice and um, added uh, the TMJ Sleep Therapy Center side of it as well. So it's all in-house basically, but we like we like to have the general side because we we like to still educate patients who might come to us for general dental treatment who might be not feeling really well. They might be feeling possibly tired. They might have, the kids might still have um, breathing issues, sleep issues, but think, oh, that's just part of normal growing up in Sydney. So it's also be a, it's also a good source of internal referral to be able to see patients who might think that being tired all the time is normal. And, <sighs> But great hygienists to um, help us um, with treating these sort of patients. They might say, hey, look, maybe it's good to see um, whether we can help you with these breathing issues. Or Lewis does a lot of airway-centered orthodontics as well. So it means that he can help um, people develop their jaws and teeth in a way and their nasal passages in a way that will help them grow better without ending up with headaches later on. And uh, personally for myself, I remember I used to have really bad headaches um, in university. Um, I used to suffer from um, bad headaches, migraines uh, myself during university. I, you know, I was a heavy tooth grinder, which is called bruxism. Um, and in uni, we're taught that bruxism back then um, or tooth grinding might be caused by stress. That sort of thing. And, um, and as students, we're taught if you see a patient who grinds their teeth, give them um, what's called a plastic splint, you know, a special mouth guard that helps protect your teeth. Um, but now we know that um, sleep-related issues or sleep-disordered breathing mm. um, can be a major cause of grinding at nighttime when you're asleep. So, yeah, um, Lewis treated me, so I feel so much better. Thanks, Lewis. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you breathe really well, Susan. I have to say, like it's just uh, talking to you. As <laughs> um, dentists, as a dentist couple, it's, it's really uh, wonderful to be able to experiment on each other as well. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. And, um, well, with the TMJ Sleep Therapy Center side of it, there's actually um, uh, quite a number of branches uh, or centers throughout the world and we were one of we were one of the handful in Australia um, and established a number of years ago so it's a privilege to be part of that because um, Lewis's passion now is you know moving to helping people in a holistic way to help people sleep better breathe better because if you don't have the energy um, it's going to um, just affect everything you do including your family and um, and if you don't sleep well, you're going to be more agitated, grumpy, and um, it just does. It affects the whole family, not just one person. Yeah, it's um, I guess able to get patient our pain after they've seen doctors. After doctors, they got put on medications, um, and some a lot of the pain medication actually affects sleep, um, but um, a lot of the 
um, neurologists or um, GPs don't understand the relationship between sleep and pain um, and how pain medication, how it affects sleep as well. Um, it may take the pain, get the pain better, but it actually decrease deep sleep. And then when you affect deep sleep, that will affect the human capacity of the body. So they end up taking, taking medication for years. Um, and um, sometimes they get put on um, SSRI, so it's a serotonin um, um, drug that affect how the, the, the reuptake of serotonin. But um, also you would know that serotonin is linked to gut health as well. So a lot of these patients um, who don't sleep well, who've got headaches, they might be on antidepressants. Um, and or they might have, um, you know, sleep apnea that might lead to um, high blood pressure, other chronic diseases like that as well. So they've been on these meds for years and, um, and they might have to keep upping those meds. So we're just trying to get to the source of those problems and in kids as well. Yeah, it's really important. So, to so get- with sleep apnea, this is um, a topic that I haven't really researched much, um, but my uh, general knowledge about it is that people kind of stop breathing while they're asleep and then they take in oxygen sort of abruptly and it's not in a, a nice flowing rhythm and causes oxygenation issues. Is that right? Or is it much different than, than that? And, and if uh, you can probably explain it a lot better than I can, but maybe you can talk a little bit about it and um, what it is and what you found effective treatment for it is. So, yes, yeah, sleep apnea is can be as simple as um, suffocation at night time. So when you sleep, um, there's there's a drop in oxygen due to not able to get um, air in properly. Um, So a lot of times um, sleep apnea do have a lot of attention, um, but we can see that it's not just sleep apnea, it's um, sleep disordered breathing. So um, like, especially for a young, um, skinny female, um, it happens a lot. Is um, they actually have no sleep apnea, but they are in chronic pain, um, they are not sleeping properly. So that's called upper airway resistance syndrome. So. Sleep apnea and upper airway resistance syndrome is actually under the banner of sleep disordered breathing. Um, so as much as we can look at sleep apnea, we, we can't forget uh, upper airway resistance syndrome. And just to add, to um, yeah, it might be classified as having five or more episodes of uh, your breathing per hour. If a child actually one time per hour sleep apnea in a child. I've actually lost you again. Yeah, same. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry, can you start the bit Joel over? No, um, um, can you start over the bit about sleep apnea there, yeah. Susan? Sorry. Sure. With sleep, ap- 
can you hear me now? Yeah, try again. Yeah, yeah so just to um, clarify, sleep apnea pretty much means in an adult that you might have five or more episodes where you per hour um, during your sleep that you stop breathing for up to 10 seconds or more. But in a child, that's um, classified as even one episode or more of stopping breathing for 10 seconds or more. So it's really important that for these young bugs and children, we really have to find out if there's a uh, if there's a sleeping issue because if they stop breathing, it's 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 going to be detrimental to the way the brain grows as well. Mm. Yeah. And most of the common treatment for adults is um, CPAP. So you wear a mask at night time um, to kind of pump air into the airway to keep it open. Um, the only problem is most patients won't be able to wear the mask for the full night. Um, so a lot of times they only wear for four hours and then take it off. Um, there's a study done, um, a long-term study done on those patients to see what happens to them. And a lot of them actually die from cancer. Oh, why is that? So because um, when you... the like usually a normal person will sleep for eight hours. So if they only use half of the time, they the the other four hours they still have sleep apnea and it would cause systemic low grade inflammation and those inflammation would cause cancer and other chronic diseases. So the the effective treatment really like we said we need to look at the cause of the problem. Um, so nowadays, there's a lot of research in myofunctional therapy. So um, apart from using dental appliances, um, look at lip tie and tongue tie, and also using um, some breathing retraining, and also um, myofunctional therapy is to train the lips and tongue to strengthen those muscles so that the airway doesn't collapse. So just to clarify, I mean, with, with our tongue and all the muscles in and around our mouth, a lot of people forget uh, that, you know, they go to the gym to exercise the, the rest of the body to get them fit, but um, the tongue and the muscles around our mouth as well, they also need to be retrained if they've been used incorrectly or if they've been hyperactive or they've been underused. So we have uh, we have. To have, we've got special ways of retraining and guiding children and adults to have um, to have the right use of these muscles and build them up again in the right way. Yeah, that's what my son had to do, all the yeah. different exercises. Yeah, yeah. oh, good, mm. good. Yeah. Um, some, some adults, if they have um, like um, nasal obstruction, so deviator septum and large turbinate that is blocking the nose, of course, they would need to see a e-nose and throat specialist to help to correct those problems. Um, and we do see patients that um, see a good ENT, um, eat well, and follow the exercises and get the correct appliance. The, the only problem with dental appliance is in the past, a lot of the appliances are really thick um, and it actually occupies the, the space for the tongue. And 
the tongue has no space to 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 move forward, so it has to move back and block the airway um, still. But nowadays, we're able to do 3D printed appliances that are really thin, and um, with the technique we use to position the jaw, we're able to maintain the muscles around the throat to um, not collapse as much. So to to have a patent airway um, that stays open as much as possible is is crucial. So you're trying to find blockages, whether it's um, just within the nose or even if it's your, perhaps some people have very collapsible nasal nares, that's just, um, you know, at the base of your nose during breathing or whether they've got um, very large tonsils, adenoids. Um, we, we have to have a look at all those structures to see whether they actually pose a big issue when you breathe. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot to think about yeah. here for people, I guess. Uh, you know, this, is, this has made me sort of take a different approach as well because, um, like, I've never really considered the biomechanical aspects of things like gut health because, like, um, what would happen is you get... Uh, all sorts of things can come out of having your mouth open, regardless of what the reason is. So if your microbiome is changing, then this might lead down the path to several types of autoimmune diseases. If, for instance, you're just your mouth is not working correctly. And um, even if we go on a diet that is gut-friendly and uh, try to heal the gut and repopulate with the proper gut bacteria, we're kind of in this battle against our own physiology and our own uh, mechanical aspects of our body that are working against us here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sorry, sorry. Go, go ahead, Lewis. That, that's correct, because if, if the neurology is not working and the blood flow is not going to the gut, it won't heal. So, we would need to get the patient into what we call parasympathetic. So it's a relaxed state. That's when the gut would start to work. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, we, we need to look at um, the, the diet and the structural and make sure everything works together. Lewis loves so, to talk. Um, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Susan. Lewis, Lewis has an interest in car racing, don't you, Lewis? <laughs> but <laughs> the reason I mention this is sometimes he likes to illustrate things in regards to a car. So, if you've got a if you've got a uh, car and you've been giving it um, the wrong fuel or petrol, I suppose, and it's meant to have diesel, but you've now realised this and you've changed your diesel, which is great. Um, if there's still an issue with the car's um, air filter, it's no, it won't make any difference what fuel you use. It's still not going to operate properly in the end. So um, trying to educate patients that um, if there are some really um, major structural issues, um, you know, that they've grown up with and developed, it's important to have a look at those things as well. And some of them are quite reversible and you catch them early on. Or you can really decrease a lot of the negative symptoms if you can educate patients on those. So, um, yeah, a lot of children um, 
if they start breathing through the nose and their tongue is in the right position, yes, they might um, at a certain age, especially from, you know, Sophie's age of four or five, things can be very well reversed as well. So um, yeah, That's good news. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still working on my son. <laughs> He's 18. <laughs> we should have started this podcast. Yeah, we should have done this a lot. Years ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've, I've got a heap yeah. of questions from listeners too, and um, we're running out of time. Should, can we go on to possibly root, root canals? <laughs> <laughs> is that a is that a touchy subject? Because I have so many questions about it from listeners. I'm devastated, Joe. I because of my grinding, I actually cracked my tip um, a tooth. I and I didn't want to get a crack. I didn't want my beautiful virgin teeth that didn't have need to have fillings. I wow. didn't want any guns or anything. But um, I actually cracked my tooth in a way that caused the nerve to die, and. Had to have root canal. Um, thank goodness Lewis is good at root canal. Well, I think, yeah, there's um, a lot of people have concern on root, root canal treatment, how it affects the body. Um, in the past, root canal treatment done with uh, like dental files, um, put the canal to clean the canals. But later on, we find that there's actually a lot of side canals we can't get to. So the, They're the, microscopic, aren't they? Yeah, so the problem is the leftover bacteria in the root canal that can cause problems later on. But Yeah, people get infections and yeah, then they, they don't gonna, know about it. I just have yeah, to tell gonna, you that I have three root canals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have had trouble with my teeth all my life, so yeah. I only started the, eating healthy about, you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with the new technology, we use a, um, a water lace oh. to clean the canals. Well, they so didn't do that with mine. <laughs> with, with the, the water lace, um, it's a special laser that causes explosion of water particles. So using that water lace with um, another laser to clean the canal would allow us to clean a lot better so then less likely to have leftover bacteria and I think that's what the most concern is in the past that people didn't know that um, with the new technology um, we can able to clean those bugs properly and not have those bugs staying around so what happens if you've got the old kind? <laughs> you, <laughs> Dare I ask? You need to um, get them checked properly. Um, so at our clinic, we have a 3D X-ray. Um, so allow us to actually look at different parts of the tooth to see whether there's any infection around it um, in, in 3D. And if there is, then you go through and do the laser treatment. Well, there's an option to redo the root canal treatment or take the tooth out and put the implant in. And that's another um, question that someone asked was, is it, is it a good idea to do that? Because then you get all the, is it okay to leave a gap or do you put another, what's the best thing to do if you have to get the tooth taken out? 
Well, every time we take a two file, we should really replace with another two so that um, the adjacent teeth not going to move into the space or causing a problem. Um, the best treatment at the moment is it is implant. Um, it has very good research and long-term results. Uh, but some patients do have some concern about the metal in the implant, um, but we haven't really seen any issues with it. Um, but there's a new implant coming out that is fully ceramic or circonia, so there's no no metal in it. Sorry, what were you going to yeah. say, Susan, when I interrupted? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I was just thinking, thinking a lot just then. Yeah, we, yeah, root canal um, can be a bit of a contentious topic because some um, absolute purists might um, contest that you can't see the little micro, um, you know, inflammatory reactions you know, after root canal has been performed. So, Joe, for instance, even though we've got an excellent 3D um, X-ray machine, your your root canals might not look like they appear to have any infections around them, but some people might think, look, you can't, you can't actually see some of these reactions because they're so minuscule, I suppose. So, in the end, it is a choice that you have to make yourself whether you go ahead with root canal, whether you don't. But if you do, you just have to make sure whoever you do see is an excellent um, excellent technique. They need to be really good at what they do because to redo a root canal, mm, the success it's of that, it's, it's not going to be as successful as doing it right the first time. Oh, I see. And is it dangerous to remove one or is that, oh, is that no, I'm thinking of the amalgam filling, sorry. <laughs> All right, yeah. No, no, not necessarily. It's, it's just a little bit boring, perhaps, to have to redo it as a patient lying there again. Boring. I remember it being painful. <laughs> it wasn't boring. <laughs> no, no. Well, nerves have been taken out already, so it shouldn't, oh, it shouldn't be too pleasant. <laughs> That's true. Oh, boy, I just remember how painful it was. Um, and yeah. some people are worried that root canals cause cancer. Is there anything you can comment on with that? Um, I heard of it. Some people do link root canal treatment to breast cancer. Uh, of course, there's no solid research on that. Uh, but I think at the end is um, the chronic low-grade low inflammation that cause um, chronic diseases. So if you have leftover infection or um, that would cause low-grade inflammation that can cause cancer but um, it, it won't be just an treatment alone it can be some other things that cause um, inflammation as well so basically coming back to low inflammatory diet and things like that as well yeah so the i guess if your body is in control um and um the immune system is working well and the surveillance, the surveillance is working well, then that won't happen. Um, it, it's a kind of a combination of uh, problems. The same sort of thing with autoimmune diseases. Because someone asked, is there a link between root canals and autoimmune disease? <laughs> That's 
something they'd heard. Well, then, then, yeah, I guess we would need to see like what they are actually eating, why they get mm. weakened out. Of course, if they eat well, they wouldn't get weakened out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Just... So that that's actually a. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. Talk about this because um, I think um, I sort of take it for granted that our listeners might be aware of this idea, but. Um, I refer to the works of uh, Dr. Weston A. Price. I, I assume you're familiar with uh, Dr. Price's yes. work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and he and he was showing the link between dental health and nutrition, which is not something that, as you mentioned before, like most dentists would just tell you to not have anything acidic to, you know, avoid you know mm. degrading their teeth health, but they never talk about nutrition. Mm. But we know. Uh, from this kind of ancestral perspective that that's not true and that n nutrition has a huge part in creating healthy teeth and maintaining them as healthy teeth and even sometimes healing teeth that are un unhealthy. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about that? I guess um, when in Western Price, he's looking at like the comparison, express, um, for example, the Australian Aboriginals, um, so before the Western diet, they have no crowding, they are healthy, and after the Western diet, they start getting dental um, crowding and getting dental decays and their health is getting worse. Um, the main thing there is, um, apart from the nutrition, is um, now we know is also the how hard the food is. So... Um, if we don't use our muscles to chew properly and use our tongue properly, then the mouth won't develop well. And with, um, with food that causes inflammation, it can also cause um, mouth breathing. Um, it causes the nose to block more or the tonsils and the noise gets big. Um, so when you mouth breathe, your tongue has to stay low and then the face won't develop properly. Yeah. So in addition, um, a lot of these, a lot of the um, changes in the last, I guess, fifty years or, or, or so since the introduction of sugar in Australia, especially, um, you know, industrialization and all of that, it's it's done. It's made a lot of changes. So a lot of a lot of children, um, when you look at them now, over half of them maybe even mouth breathing. You know, there's hardly any child that walks in now. It's very rare for us to see them and think, wow, they've got a naturally beautiful wide Roman their mouth breathing. They don't have any, sorry, their nose breathing. They don't have any crowding. So it's amazing um, that it's very rare now to see a healthy, balanced smile and mouth um, because, yeah, we're bombarded with a lot of these in inflammatory um, foods or even the the fragrances we might have and children we, we, I think a, a lot of the toddlers and babies um, are given soft foods because we have a fear of them choking as well and there is there is definitely um, validity to that but um, we also have to um, know that um, having a child learn how to use their tongue and muscles and even when they don't have teeth to start being able to have you know, some firmer foods, for instance, some sweet potato that's been um, boiled, but it's not mush, you know. Having a right balance in that is is not a bad thing. 
So they're able to, you know, get their lips to close and, and operate well and their tongue is getting stronger as well. And all of that works to help develop the mouth and as a result, the nasal passage as well. So all these little things can make a big difference later on in life. And so this is why maybe we've seen these days it seems like just about every teenager gets braces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just um, maybe our yeah, diet. It's, it's the diet, though, but apart from nutrition, it's how hard it is. Um, mm, because you, okay. you see in the supermarket, there's purees for babies everywhere, and they have like soft drinks and all that. I guess if you go back to the um, the baby-led weaning sort of approach where yeah. they're eating from your plate kind of thing or they're choosing what they want to eat, that would help then? Yeah, so that, that's what we actually advise um, uh, our patients when they are pregnant. So I said, yeah, go and have a look at um, baby-led baby weaning. Um, it's, it would help them to develop their jaw properly. Because mm, we went through a few generations there of just give the babies Farex, give the babies pureed food. I'm sure that didn't yeah. help. Yeah. You can you can have a little bit of that. Um, I, I too as well with our first child. We've got three children. Um, and, um, yeah, sometimes you don't know what is you, – you're bombarded oh, with yes. different information. Definitely. You don't know what to do sometimes. Um, so yeah, I think having the right balance and just learning a bit more, mm. of course it's important. But, um, with yeah. our third child, um, we do give her like, um, harder food and not pills. And we do notice she doesn't dribble, she's able to eat solid a lot earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. Thank you. We, we, I think we tend to be, a lot of us can be very um, neurotic about having mess mess on the table, yeah. mess on the shirt. And I think if we're a little bit more, you know, yeah. um, just relaxed about it, yes. it'll, it'll also relax the child as well. And I guess you just have to do a bit more washing, but um, you'll have a more relaxed and happier growing child as well long term. Yeah. Can I just quickly ask you about amalgams? What do you do about those fillings? Good question. <laughs> Is um, that a quick question? So it depends on the patient's symptoms. Um, we, we do let patients, of course, to choose what they want to achieve. Um, we have patients that once they got their amalgam removed, um, they, their health has dramatically improved. Um, we have patients that doesn't change much. But when we remove it, we, of course, we need to be careful that they don't swallow it. Um, we put rubber dam on to isolate the area. We have high-speed suction to, to clean up the, the vapor as well. But um, most of the amalgam vapor is a placement and removal. So when it's staying in the mouth, it actually doesn't leak that much. Uh, and some people would say eating fish would get more mercury than, than amalgam. Uh, so 
it really depends on what the symptoms is, um, and what they have done to improve their health. Um, some may be actually allergic to amalgam. We, we've seen some patients have amalgam on the side of the tooth, uh, on the side of the teeth, and their cheek constantly getting irritated. Um, so th- those are kind of more allergic. And people um, can get migraines as well from them, or is that not true? Um, yeah, it's hard to say. Like we, we have patients that have night line and um, she request to have the amalgam removed, and then after we remove, she is back to normal. So um, she had some what night 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 line. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's um, everyone is different, but sometimes we can't pinpoint it's due to amalgam. Yeah. And once again, um, whoever places the amalgam years ago, it's very rare now for um, people to still be using amalgams. Yeah. Or, um, there's such a variety of difference in the, the sorts of amalgams that have been placed. There's some really badly placed amalgams out there, and they might, yeah, they might have chips here and there. You know that there was saliva contamination during the placement, and you know so can really vary and there's some beautifully placed amalgams that I saw one gentleman who who was an elderly gentleman he had all his teeth in his mouth and it's very rare to see that you see a lot of people that might have one or two teeth out he had um, beautifully placed fillings as well so but you know there are some cases where the overall body um, is in the right balance you know so regardless whether they've had amalgams or not. Yeah, so, I yeah. think nowadays amalgam is not necessary. Um, we have any material that we can put in teeth that would be as long-lasting as amalgam and is a lot better. And they can be placed a bit more conservatively because they can um, stick to the tooth surface much better. Okay, they don't need as much. And um, for one last question, sorry, do you want to just give us a little bit of an idea of what you recommend for people to use for their um, toothpaste and um, <laughs> things like that? Do you have any, like, some people have asked about charcoal toothpaste and, um, you know, that sort of thing. Mouthwash, I don't know. Any um, recommendations? Recommendation would be to brush well. Um, it really doesn't matter what you use to brush. Um, if you brush well, it actually would clean the plaque off. Um, so normal toothpaste do help you to kind of lubricate the area to brush. Um, but some in the past, some people would use actually sea salt. Yeah, we um, used to do that when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, so that really does really well as well. Um, there's definitely a concern um, with some toothpaste. Um, sometimes can be a bit abrasive. Um, whether activating charcoal helps um, is don't know yet. There's no. Seems to help with the whitening when you've got like tea stains or anything like that. But I'm just wondering, does it wear away at the enamel or is it okay? Yes. The, the actual concern with activated charcoal is it can be abrasive. So 
may be the reason why it can whiten teeth. So um, the best would be to to use um, toothpaste that is as natural as possible. Um, and just be aware some toothpaste do have um, chemical inside that are not good for us. So usually our recommendation is you can actually brush without toothpaste. Our kids actually brush without toothpaste. <laughs> yeah, it's more, it's more the mechanical action of okay, that. Okay, yeah, the scrubbing. With soft bristles, you have to yeah. use soft bristles. And um, I, I personally, I've got this um, natural toothpaste um, developed by, it's called Dr. Hisham's. It's not wild, wildly known, oh, sorry, widely known at this stage. But it's, I like it because it doesn't have any toxins in it. And it tastes good. It's got some um, natural salts in it as well. So. Yeah, I use the Walida one and, with the salt. Yeah, like if there's any, we, we do see that brushing with salt um, actually improves the gum condition. And, um, and recently I met with a gum specialist and he found that brushing without toothpaste actually improve um, the gum health more than brushing with toothpaste. Um, and that's come from a gum specialist. So that, that was quite interesting. But Let's not say that out loud, the whole toothpaste. Start <laughs> 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 sending assassins at us and who knows what happens. <laughs> yeah, toothpaste really does help to freshen up the, the, the Yeah, the breath, yes. Cleaning wise, it really doesn't matter what you use okay. um, as long as you brush properly and floss. And From an ancestral perspective, people used to just break off twigs, like uh, young twigs from uh, trees, and then they chew on the end of the twig until it yeah. became like a bristle. And, and then they used that all day long. They kept it in their mouth and they sort of shoved it around their mouth and kept their teeth clean. And That's a very natural like, abrasive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we used like, to, they, they've always done it. We used to also um, have it chew on a clove, just have that in our mouth just to um, for fresh breath. So there you go. Yeah. And coincidentally, I, I remembered when seeing patients thinking, especially young kids, wondering why is it that some kids um, seem to be getting recurrent decay? Why do others, you know, they seem to actually just be free of decay? Why is why does that happen sometimes? And definitely the frequent, you know, the sort of drinks yes, kids have. Definitely. Water is... Even what people consider healthy, like juice, you know, uh, <laughs> juice, hundred percent mm. squeezed juice. Yeah, and you know, I, I know some people who might have it the night uh, as a nightcap for their kids. You know, mm-hmm. so no, <laughs> I made all those mistakes with my first one, and she had her first fillings at four years old. But you'll be glad to know that my my younger kids didn't even well you might not be glad to know this they didn't even need to see a dentist till they were like 12 and they got checks and they've just had nothing wrong with their teeth with the change in diet um for my two youngest they're um, now nearly 14 and 16 and they've just had beautiful teeth it's all been yeah all the sugary juices and dried fruit i used to give to the little ones think the older ones thinking it was good for them but yeah (laughs) for me i I actually believe it's what you drink and eat which can make a bigger impact on whether you might get decay or gingivitis even mm. in a person. 
and if you mouth breathe, um, that's another issue as well because you won't actually have as much salivary flow. And so saliva is one of the main things that helps us um, clean, also helps to fight off um, decay to some degree because it helps to neutralize the acids, that sort of thing. So all of those things can um, come together. Okay, that's cool. Well, that's good. Guys, would you be able to tell our listeners uh, where they can find you, uh, what your website is, and um, yeah. And where um, you're situated because they'll all want to come, come in and see, see you. Yeah, where you are. <laughs> you, have a, so, you have a rush now. <laughs> but book me in before, before anyone else. So. For you, Fuad, of course, always. We'll come in the evening for you. <laughs> oh, I'm going to come visit next time I'm in Sydney. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so we um, our clinic is at um, Metal Bank. Um, so it's kind of in the middle of Sydney. Um, it's called My Dental Care, um, mydental.net.au, or um, TMJ Sleep Therapy Centre of Sydney. Um, the website is tmjsleepcenter.net.au. That's great. Thank you so much, guys. And... Uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of questions, so hopefully yes. we'll get you in for another show to talk about all the questions that this, this podcast will raise. Uh, um, You've been lovely. And, oh, Fuad, by the way, we, we did meet you the other day very briefly. Yes. You seem to have a nice arch. When you... <laughs> <laughs> They're checking Thank out you your so teeth, Fuad. I, I get told that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> No, I th- yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I've I've had uh, really good jaw development in my life. Um, I've got a, a lot of space between my teeth, especially the top teeth. But um, Ex- I, yeah, I've, I've had fillings. Yeah, <laughs> I, I drank a lot of Pepsi as a young kid. Like that was sort of a, a <laughs> nice thing to do. So that really helped, uh, did it? No, it made made it worse. So that's when that's when I started getting a lot of fillings, and yeah. uh, that's, why, that's yeah. why you've got the gaps between your teeth. It's dissolved all your. Uh, teeth. Ah, there you go. Probably right. They, <laughs> there may have been extra teeth in there that just fell away. I, I don't know. <laughs> you guys can tell me. I don't have that kind of historical, you know, memory of myself as much as a child. So you can look at it and tell me what you think, where I'm sitting. Um, but I feel definitely like um, I'm much healthier all up and. Uh, I've uh, been to the dentist several times. Um, I haven't been for a while, and, uh, and I should, but I've just been in upheaval. But every time I've gone, there hasn't been any kind of uh, worsening of my... I haven't had new cavities or anything like that. My, my issues have, has always been cavities, and mm-hmm. that's uh, mm-hmm. not a problem. I even had all my four wisdom teeth come up with no pain at all. And uh, so, you know... Oh, yeah. that's- that's rare. It means you have a big mouth. He right? does have a big mouth. He really does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge, yeah. People call it the hunt. What, the million dollar smile? Yeah, yeah, what, that's yeah, what they I call it. Okay. <laughs> it's funny. But yeah, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting your professional opinion on where I'm at and where my daughter's at as well. So I'll, I'll come down and visit you guys and um, we'll, I'll also put an update on the podcast after the visit so that, you know, people can see what we figured out with Sophie because we find whenever we share our personal experience a lot of people can sort of relate to it and and you go ah well this is what's happening with my kids so it's worthwhile looking at this as well because for a lot of people um who don't have say something like private health care or all that it's it's a lot of money to go see a dentist and Mm -hmm. um, yeah so uh, hopefully we'll help people 
uh, get a bit of guidance for themselves as well. So yeah, thanks again, guys. Thank yes, you so thank much you for so coming much. in and um, spending all that time with us. Love to to help you. Yeah, yeah thank you. And awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chat soon. Okay, thanks, Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank you. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.